Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Well, if you read any uh, internet sites or books about productivity, one thing that's probably going to come up is the importance of goals. What goals are you setting? And even are you writing those goals down? Are you being specific? And are you coming back to make sure you're achieving those goals? Well, I want to ask you today, what is your goal for today? What is your biggest purpose today? And I guess we could broaden that into what is your biggest goal in life? Uh, Because we do see in our reading today something that should, I think, be the overarching goal of your day, the overarching goal of your life. Uh, It should all be summed up around what we are seeing today as we look at Philippians 1, 19 through 30. And again, if you're coming to Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, this will be some review for you uh, as we've been teaching through this uh, section of Scripture. Uh, but we, when we remember these verses, the, the context here is, is Paul is writing to the Philippians. He's writing to them likely from prison in Rome, and he's now updated them on how it's going in prison and how it's going is, well, it's, an, it's a big gospel opportunity. But now he's getting to what he's expecting. And it his overall expectation is deliverance. And he's saying, I'm expecting deliverance and salvation, whether I get released or whether I die. Uh, there's a deliverance that I'm expecting. So I think we clearly see that deliverance. It's the it's the Greek word for salvation. He's not necessarily just expecting, hey, I'm going to get delivered out of jail. He's It's something in the bigger picture because he says uh, he, he expects that this will turn out for his deliverance, verse 20 now, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. So there he is saying, hey, my my deliverance, my hope is that Christ will be honored in my body, but whether I live or whether I die, that was his goal. My goal is to honor Christ. Now, uh, how is that your goal today? And then he sums it up so beautifully in the next verse for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we talked when we went through this verse, this idea of honoring Christ. We we want to magnify Christ. We want to highlight the beauty of Christ. And that kind of comes in later in our reading where we say, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. We want to be good representatives of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we used this illustration going through the book of of cosmetics. Um, That idea we see in Titus of adorning the doctrine of God. And that's where, uh, you know, husbands, you you, you don't want to ever act like, hey, 
honey, you need makeup to make you look beautiful. It's a no, baby, you are beautiful just the way you are. And I mean, we're, we're joking about that and how we talk about it with each other. But think of Christ. He is beautiful just the way he is. And there is nothing we can do to make him more beautiful. But the idea is we can highlight his beauty. We can display his beauty. And that needs to be our goal, that he would be honored, that his beauty would be displayed no matter what we do. And that's where I want you to see that should be kind of the overarching goal. And it's not separate from the other things, because today you may be thinking about things you have to do at work. You may be thinking about uh, things you have to do at home. Uh, You may be thinking about something ministry related. And what I'm trying to say is in all of those things, How can you honor Christ in that? How can you honor Christ at work today? How can you honor Christ at home? It's it's not, I think often we think, hey, Christ is priority number one, and then I've got all my other priorities. No, Christ should be in all the other priorities. Even I tried to remind myself of this as a college student, I would print up kind of these weekly sheets, you know, where I would write out kind of my schedule or the big assignments I would have. And I made a watermark on the back. I took those Greek words that are translated to live is Christ. And I made it the watermark on the back of the page uh, to be that reminder that, hey, all of these different assignments or uh, different events with church or work or school all of them to live is Christ. I want to honor Christ in all of these things. So again, that's my question for you today. What is your goal? And then as you, hopefully the answer to that question is, I want to honor Christ no matter what. Okay, well now what are you doing for work today? What are you doing or if you're a student for school today? Uh, what What's going on at home? What's going on in other areas, whether it's friends or church or community, whatever it may be, what's going on in your life today? And then in each of those things, what would, what, what would it look like to honor Christ in that? Uh, what would it look like uh, for him, for his beauty to be highlighted at work, at home, in all of these different things today? Spend some time praying about that, really thinking through that today. And the reason why we should uh, think this way is really because of who Christ is. And just think, you know, right now we've been thinking more about the first half of that phrase, for me to live is Christ. But think about the second half, and to die is gain. Why is dying gain? Well, he makes it clear because it means I get to go be with Christ. Now, the reason why Paul wanted to honor Christ in everything is because he treasured Christ above everything. And that's another good thing for us to think about today. Do we treasure Christ above everything? When we went through this passage as a church, we looked at Matthew 13 and those parables of the the treasure hidden in the field and the the pearl that the merchant found of great value and how they gladly sold everything they had to get that greater treasure. And again, that's a reminder. That's how we need to think about Christ. He is the greatest treasure that we would give up everything everything for. And that's why, as we get to later in our reading, that's why uh, we want to be good representatives. We want to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. And that's why we're, we're willing to suffer, uh, because it's, it's worth it to suffer if that suffering brings glory to Christ and draws us closer to Christ. So there in Philippians today, what is your goal? And our goal needs to be to honor 
Christ. And that needs to filter its way into all the other goals that we have for today, for this week, for this year, for our lives. So I want to encourage you to to think through that and to pray through those things today. Another thing to to think through today, we're going to see from Isaiah 45 through 48. And Isaiah 40 to 48 is really just this um, magnificent, majestic part of the book of Isaiah. There is so much high language and just beauty in the writing describing the character of God and, and so many sections where it comes back to God even speaking of himself and how there is no one like him. And we're going to get a lot more of that today in chapters 45 through 48. Uh, and it starts with an amazing passage where he is speaking to Cyrus now, Cyrus is going to be a later king, and even the king that issues the edict to go back and to build the temple, something that we read about in the book of Ezra. And so here is this king of Persia, and what you need to realize is this is being written long before that king is ever around. So this is a prophetic passage speaking, naming a king in the future who is yet to be. And this is God's prophetic power. It's one of the reasons why we trust that the Bible is the word of God, because there's no other God, there is no other book that can do that. Call out someone by name before their time has even come. And God can do this, he says, um, Really in verse four there of chapter 45, for the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you by name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. And there is no other besides me. There is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that the people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does these things. And there we see God. He is in charge of of everything. He raises kings and rulers up, even though they don't know him. And even sometimes when something bad happens, people are so quick to say, well, God had nothing to do with this. Right here, he says, God says, I create calamity. And so there we need to realize God is so much bigger, so much more authoritative and powerful and in control often than we still choose to admit. But then it goes on. So many other passages we look at, if you go down to verse 18, for thus says the Lord who created the heavens, he is God who formed the earth and established and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. And we go on to see more statements like this all throughout these chapters. Chapter 46, verse 8, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. 
so we see these things and then we'll see more in chapter 47 and 48. And I want you to, to highlight those statements and to spend some time thinking, okay, because I know all these things are true, because I know that there is no one like God, uh, what effect should that have on my life? Kind of follow up from our reading yesterday where we reminded ourselves, hey, this idea that there is one God and there's no one like him, it's not just some abstract theological reality, it's a life-changing truth. Spend more time thinking about that today. In what ways should my life and my attitudes be different because of these amazing exalted statements that I am seeing in Isaiah? And one of the things we should know is, hey, if this is really who God is, then my life should all be about him. And if the greatest expression that I see this character of God is in Jesus Christ and what he has done, well, then why should my goal for today be anything less than honoring Jesus Christ, highlighting his beauty and living for him like he is the greatest treasure of all? Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.